Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I want to talk today, actually, it's uh, from one of my little mini books, uh, Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, I call this Unforgiveness, the Enemy of Faith. Actually, what I've been doing <laughs> this month, uh, I, uh, I spoke these sermons and they put them in these little mini books and I've never preached them again except that one time. And I was praying and the Lord said, well, you got, I said, Lord, why do you want me to minister on? He said, well, you got some good material, but you've only spoke on it one time. So that's what I've been doing. And so if anybody's interested in the books back there, if you want to get it, this is actually just sort of a, a, condensa- a con- condensed version, okay? Uh, Mark, Mark 11, verse 22. Unforgiveness, the enemy of faith. So Jesus answered and said to him, have faith in God, literal translation, have the God kind of faith is the literal translation. In fact, some of the, if you go look in some of the other versions, they'll have it translated that way. For surely I say unto you, whoever says this mountain be removed, be that cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done for, will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say unto you, whatever things you, you, you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now that's, of course, that's our foundation scriptures. We know that. And we get all, people get all excited about these three verses and these verses tell us what we can get from God and how we can get it from God and, and, uh, but, uh, and how to use our faith to receive. But however, have you ever noticed that this was Jesus talking and he went on to, uh, you know, and we describe it as possibility faith. And so many people end at verse 24. But I want you to look on down in verse 25. And when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them that your father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. Uh, I want you to notice that uh, this is a continued thought. This is not a different discourse. These verses go together. Oh, now we're not getting a lot of amens right there. You see, here in verse 25, uh, he's saying here, if we're holding grudges against our fellow man, it's a trespass. And really, uh, it's a sin to hold grudges. People say, well, I can't forgive. And then some people say, well, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget what they've done to me. That's not forgiving. You know, I once heard a man say, well, I know I have to forgive and offer God to meet my needs. I'm going to forgive, but I'll never forget what he did to me. The Amplified Bible says verse 25 like this. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, let it drop, leave it, let it go. And somebody say, yeah, but pastor, you don't know what they did to me. Well, let me ask you a question. Have they hung you on a cross yet? Jesus said, hanging on the cross, he said, father, forgive them. Didn't he? 
because, and, and we would say it like this because they don't understand what they're doing. You know, when somebody says something about you and you say, I'm not going to let them get away with that. And then, you know, some people, somebody does something to them. And, 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 and this is an old saying we had down in Texas where I come from anyway. Every dog has its day. Anybody ever heard that one? Yeah, that's an old one, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, man, uh, I'll tell you what. I am not going to let them get away with that. And then out of the other side of their mouth, they're saying, Oh, thank God he's meeting all of my needs. You can't talk both ways and get your needs met because this, this over here will nullify the other side. You've got to do it the way God says do it. You know, how in the world can God meet your needs if you're speaking against what he says in the word? And then you go on and read Mark eleven twenty six. 26. That's, uh, that's still part of the whole discussion there. You know, many times people take the word of God and they only read it in the context of what they want. So it sort of says what they want it to say, but you've got to take the context of the scripture in, you know, the whole, the whole thing. And then you need to have the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses is everything be established. That's why you have it written in several different ways by different authors of the word. You know, you, you learn all that when you go into Bible school and you're taking canonicity and, and uh, bibliology and all that kind of stuff, you know. Okay, uh, look at verse 26. But if you do not forgive, neither will the Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Whoa. Man, it's awful quiet in here. <laughs> you know, I, I, it, you know, you can preach some subjects, you know, and everybody, wow, that's great, you know, man. It, boy, you get down on a subject like this now, and everybody starts to wait a minute. I, I don't know about this, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, Jesus is talking to believers here. He's talking to those who have the God kind of faith. You know, uh but it won't work. That God kind of faith will not work for you. If you don't, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, if you're holding grudges against people, you know, I know people that will get up and walk out of the church. If they're not preaching on faith, you talk, talking about like I'm talking about unforgiveness. They'd say, bless God. I'm not going to listen to anything. If it's not uplifting and, and full of faith. Well, let me tell you what your faith's not going to work very long. Feeding only on one part of the word of God will cause you harm. It will cause you to be unbalanced. You know, uh, we're taught, right, in school, we're taught uh, to have a balanced diet. We, you know, I remember uh, they, you know, all the way back down into grade school. And that was just, uh, just uh, oh, about 20 years ago when I was in grade school. <laughs> what are y'all laughing about? <laughs> Uh, let's see, it was, uh, it was about uh, 70 years ago when I was in the first grade. But anyway, uh, 
they would, you know, show you pictures of the different kind of food groups and what you would need to eat and so forth. And then they would show you pictures of guy, of a person that just ate uh, junk food and, and sweets and all that. Well, eating and feasting on the word of God only on what you like will cause you to have an imbalanced diet and will get you in trouble. You know, if, if you just eat what you like, your body is going to grow weak. And most of the time when people eat just what they like, it causes you to gain a little, little weight. I mean, you know, I'm not going to talk about that very much right now. Okay. I have watched over the years, you know, I've been, I've been preaching for 57 years and I have watched people that all they wanted to, all they wanted to hear was healing and faith or all they wanted to hear was end time doctrine or just one of the doctrines. And that's what they went on. And I watched them become more and more and more imbalanced until, uh, they went off of the deep end spiritually. Anybody ever seen anybody do that? I see some people that are raising their hands, you know. You see, unforgiveness is why many people do not get their prayers answered. You know, uh, several years ago, well, it's been a, quite a few years ago, there was a student having some difficulties, and, and so I brought him in, was talking to him, one of the Raymond students, and I, first of all, began to find out you know, how he was living and if everything was all right. Yeah, he said, fine. Finally, and, and he, he's in school. He knows the word of God. We're teaching it every day to him. And finally, I asked him, I said, are you holding anything against anybody? Are you not forgiving somebody? Has somebody done something to you that's caused you to hold a grudge against them? And immediately he said, yes. Two months ago, my roommate decided to move out and we had made a pact to live together for the entire year and he moved out. And I just don't like it because he didn't hold up his end of the bargain. He wanted to go out and get his own place. And I said, you better forgive, you better forgive him and forget about it and go on with your life. He said, oh no, he wronged me. And I'm not going to let him get away with it. Well, now this student had been a, a really good student, no problems. But I noticed from that moment on, he began to rebel against our rules and against authority. He began to say, well, I don't understand why you have this rule. I, I don't have to obey that rule. And, you know, uh, finally, we had to dismiss him from school. He got his life messed up simply because he got in holding a grudge and wasn't willing to forgive. You know what happens when you start holding grudge? The same thing that happens to your arteries when you eat too much fat and it begins to collect in the artery and then more collects and more collects and more collects until the flow is shut off. That's exactly what happens in the spiritual realm. When you have unforgiveness, it begins to lodge and it begins to build up and build up and build up. And, and, and before you know it, your channel 
that connects you with the spirit of God is clogged up and you're not no longer receiving what you need to receive. You see, somebody, see, when, when you get a clogged artery, you got to go in and they, they either do the balloon or they do one of those uh, uh, deals where they go in with a little rotator deal or they sometimes have to do open heart surgery. Well, um, let me, somebody said, well, how, if, if, if that's my case on the spiritual side, how do I do that? You get out on your knees and you say, God, forgive me. I, forgive me for holding a grudge. I turn that thing loose. I let it go. Hello, get rid of it so you can have the flow again. You see, I refuse to dwell on any evil, anything that somebody says against me. And I've had plenty of opportunities over the years. I mean, man, when I left uh, my father-in-law's church, where I was destined to be the, the next pastor because God called me to go and to work work with my dad, which I worked for 31 years. But I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't followed God's will. So that's another subject. But I had my friends, guys I went to Bible school with, minister friends said, oh, you're missing it. You just just plumb out of the will of God. And they tried to down me and everything else, you know. And I I didn't didn't hold it against them. I mean, you know, I, I... I would have liked to, I think. I mean, here I was, you know, and I was traveling with dad, but I also was doing meetings on my own. And I, not, I went to a, a conference and one, one guy, he, he's here scheduling all of these Bible school kids when I'm out holding meetings. And I've, I mean, I don't mean it's wrong, but I, I'm, you know, I got to approve a ministry now, you know, and I thought, my Lord. You know, I started wanting to hold a grudge, but I didn't. But, you know, a few years later, after I had gone overseas and had spoken to 10,000 people and so forth, he said, man, he said, Hagen, hey, listen, listen, man, I need you to come to my church. I need you, you, you know, and I wanted to tell him, hey, when I needed you, where were you? And now you need me and I don't need you. But I didn't. You know, but I've had a lot of opportunities, but I refuse to let any of that get inside of me. I refuse to dwell on it because if you start dwelling on that, if you start thinking on that, it will begin to stop the flow up. It will begin to stop whatever you want to receive from God from getting to you. You know, sometimes uh, I realize that I have said something to somebody and I'll go back to them and I'll say, I'll say, Hey, I'm sorry. I said that. And they say, Oh, it wasn't nothing. We, but I said, well, to me it was. So forgive me. Okay. In fact, I, I got, I spoke a little sharp to somebody just the other day and, and I, and, and I, I went back to him and I said, Hey, listen, forgive me for speaking so sharp to you. Oh, don't worry about it. But you see, you got to learn when, to, when you know that you need to go and ask somebody if they give you. And, you know, uh, I was uh, walking across the campus and just a few days ago. Well, it's been maybe two or three weeks ago now. But uh, <laughs> I travel so much and go, sometimes I don't realize how long it has been. And uh, so a young man walked up to me and said, hey, I want you to forgive me uh, uh, for what I said. And I said, what are you talking about? 
And he said, over to NRC, I said something to you the other day. And I said, well, I don't remember it because, and, and he said, well, I do. And I need you to forgive me. I said, well, I forgive you right then because that's what I do. When somebody says something, I forgive them immediately. And I don't even think about it. I let it go. If you, if you really forgive, you let it go. I couldn't even remember the kid saying anything. Hello. If you really forgive, you let it go. Come on now. You know, when I was a teenager and uh, we'd have, you know, ministers that go to the conferences and stuff and they, a bunch of us, bunch of us, <laughs> I still remember this bunch of us preacher boys sitting up here was up in the balcony and they's down on the floor and it was a business. It was a, we were in a denomination and it was a business meeting and the different guys were getting up and saying different things. And, and so, uh, uh, you know, different dads was getting up and saying things. And another dad would get up and rebut what he was saying. Cause they're trying to pass something on. I don't know what it was anyway. We got down there, they were just on the main floor. They were just, uh, they were, you know, they were verbally going at one another. We, we actually really got to going uh, with actual fist at one another, you know. And uh, years later, I saw one of those guys and I said, Hey, uh, I want you to forgive me. Uh, uh, you know, I want you to forgive me. And uh, he said, Oh, don't worry about it, you know. But you see, I felt like I needed to ask for forgiveness because I was in the wrong. We, if you need to ask forgiveness, if you're in the wrong, you need to go do it. Hello. If the other person's in the wrong and they have wronged you, forgive them, immediately forgive them and walk away. You see, the word of God says... Be angry, do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Now, anybody that's got any gumption, I would say, or uh, down in Texas, we say anybody's got any guts, uh, or some people would say intestinal fortitude, you know, that's supposed to be more diplomatic, I don't know. Sometimes we're so diplomatic, nobody knows what we're saying. I like somebody that shoots it straight. With me... And you can ask any one of these church members that have been here for a long time, any of my staff, when I get through saying it, you don't have to ask me what I, what I meant. Right, guys? <laughs> Marvin said no. <laughs> but, you know, uh, there's a difference between getting upset and holding a grudge against somebody. We all get upset over something, right? But you don't have to hold a grudge. Hey, just because you disagree doesn't mean you have to be disagreeable. My dad used to say about him and some of his preacher friends, they were his close friends. He said, on that particular subject, we have agreed to disagree. They agreed to disagree because one saw it one way, one saw it the other way. Uh, you know, there, you, can, you can be agreeable and still disagree with somebody. You don't have to, you don't have to hold something against them, you know. Now, in the writings of Paul, it says faith works through love. Love is not bothered by trivial things. Love is not bothered by uh, people saying something. Love overlooks. Love forgives. Love lets it go. When you truly love somebody, 
you can forget all of their failures and their mistakes and go on. That's why the word of God says he forgave our sins. He forgets them not to remember them anymore. Anybody ever read that in there? You ever read that in there? He forgives our sins. Now, why in the world do you remind him of them when he's already forgot them? He don't even remember them. You need to forget them. It says, there's therefore now no condemnation. Eight one Romans. There's therefore now no condemnation to him which is in Christ Jesus. You see, if you want strong faith, then you've got to forgive because faith works by love. Some people hinder, hinder God from blessing them the way he would like to bless them because they are in unforgiveness. And when you stand praying, forgive. That's what the scripture said. That ought to be foremost in our minds. That ought to always be there. If somebody says something against you, immediately in your heart and your spirit, remember, forgive them. Without forgiveness, it's impossible for your faith to work because love works by faith. Uh, faith works by love and you cannot have love if you have unforgiveness in your heart and you're holding a grudge against somebody. You know, remember, the person that wronged you is the one that has to answer for that. You don't. You have to answer for your action. You have to answer for the way you handle it and what you do. And I'll tell you what, I don't want to stop the flow of God up to my life. I don't want to have to answer for some, so I immediately forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. If you truly forgive, you let it go. That's what the Amplified says. Let it go. Why dwell on it? Why dwell on the past? Do you understand that the past is a written page of history in your life that cannot be changed? But the pages that you write tomorrow and today, you can do something about that. You can't do anything about that page yesterday. But you can forgive and you can forget and walk on. Too many people try to live their life looking back. You can't maintain forward momentum while you're trying to look back. Any of you ever run track? What is the one thing the track coach drills in your head? Don't look back. Don't look right or left. Keep your focus in front of you because you can't maintain your speed by looking here or there or being concerned about what's happening behind you. That's the same way as you, when you're walking with God with your spiritual things. Okay, so you made a mistake. First John 1, 9 says, if you'd ask for forgiveness, he'd forgive you. And you go on. You, once you ask for forgiveness, it's done with. It's over as far as God is concerned. Now go on with your life. You know, somebody said God can do anything. No, he can't. 
He can't do anything for you when you go contrary to what the word of God says. That's what I mean when I said he can't do it. He, he can't because he can't bless you or if you're living contrary to what the Bible says. Is that correct or is it not correct? It says here that if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive you. So don't get cut off. How do you get cut off? By holding unforgiveness. Oh man, I, you know, my dad was a pastor when I was born that first Sunday in 1939, September the 3rd. And the next Sunday I was in church and I've been there all my life. You know, in those little old churches back then, he pastored some of those little churches, probably wasn't no bigger than this platform, you know. And, uh, and I, I preached in them myself those little churches. You didn't have no microphone. You didn't have to have a microphone. In fact, my voice is so strong. (laughs) I learned, I had to, hey, in those little churches when I first started preaching when I was 18, 19 year old, go out in the country, they didn't have no nurseries. In fact, they had one door. If you was inside, it's the back door. If you was outside, it's the front door. That's it. They didn't have no nurseries, you know. And uh, some of them, they had a path and two little houses out back. That's the truth. (laughs) But, you know, I learned to preach over those. But over the babies crying. Now somebody said, don't bother you when babies crying, people making noise. No, it don't bother me, none at all. I just, I just talk over the top of them. It don't bother me. <laughs> but what I started to say in those little churches, you know, somebody gets upset. Well, I don't understand. I don't understand why they got her, her up there singing. I don't understand why they got him up there. I'm a better singer than they are. They ought to have me up there. I can do a better job. And they sat there and pout. And then they go talk to other church members. And before you know it, they have festered the whole bunch. And now here, we, well, not everybody. They And now you got a center aisle. And you got this group sitting over here that's mad at this group sitting over here because this group sitting over here, they like brother so-and-so is up there. This group up here, over here, they don't like who's playing the piano. This group does. Now you got them sitting there. The preacher's up there trying to preach. Both of them sitting there. They won't even step across the aisle to shake hands with one another. And now you're trying to get God to move in that kind of situation. Not going to happen. I remember... Dad took over a church, and when he took it over, nobody wanted it. He didn't either, but God told him to go pastor it, so he went. When he left, there's 120 120 ministers wanted that church. And I, I, I was, that was when I was in the first, second, third grade. And so one day I asked him, I said, Dad, I know that church was a mess when we got there because I remember that we had to stay with the deacon until we could get the ex-pastor out of the, out of the parsonage because he wouldn't move out and everything's in a mess. And I said, I know how in the world did you handle that situation? He said, son, he said, what I did, 
I went in there and started talking, preaching. The first sermons I preached for about three months was on love and forgiveness. He said the secret for anybody's spiritual life, the spiritual life of any church is love and, and forgiveness. He said, if you can get that working in the church body, then you won't have anything going and you got a flow of God. You know, instead of getting upset when somebody gets a promotion or somebody is on the platform that you think you're better than they are, you just say, well, praise the Lord. I guess the pastor knows what he's doing and don't get upset about it. You know, your words are snares. They can snare you. You know, look at what Proverbs 6, 2 says. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Another translation says you're taken captive by the words of your mouth. Hey, words are filled with something. They're containers. They're either filled with hate, doubt, unbelief, or they're filled with love, joy, peace, faith, and goodness. Forgive and keep a good report and keep good words coming out of your mouth. There's nothing wrong with the power end if your prayers are not getting answered. So you better start looking on the receiving end. Hello? You know, if you got a radio on and it's not, it's the, the station not coming in quite clear. The first thing you go is start, try to tune it in a little better. The, no use calling radio station, tell them something matter with their transmitter. There's something wrong on the receiving end. Either your, your radio is not tuned in properly or else you're too far away with the antenna you have to get the proper signal. Now I know something about that because that's what I did for three years in the army. I was in radio, I was in communications, both radio communication as well as landline teletype, landline communication. And man, we go out there and that, that back then, that was in the sixties, you gotta remember, uh, 62 to 65. Uh, when we go out that deuce and a half, and, and I, I'm doing radio teletype, or even voice, or Morse code, and whichever one we're doing. And if stuff is not right, I go over there to my radio, and, I, and, and you, you that know the, the old style, now I don't know what they got with this new digital stuff, but you could hear it. If you're off, it's got a sound, and it goes, and when you hit the bottom, that's right, you're right on nose. But if I'm hitting the bottom and I'm on, right on and I'm still having a difficulty, I go over to my, to my antenna tuning unit and I begin to up and, and tune my antenna, put some more power in the antenna. Then I start receiving. But it wasn't the, re, it wasn't the sending in that was the problem. It was the receiving in. And anytime you're having a problem getting your prayers answered, the first thing you need to do is look at yourself. And the first thing you need to look at, am I, am I harbor, harboring something against somebody? Am I not forgiving somebody? Hello now, come on. I'm preaching good right now. Don't set, don't, don't set out on me right now. 
That's good preaching, Pastor Hagin. Go ahead. I believe I will. Thank you. I inspire myself. You don't inspire me. I inspire myself. Hello. Never permit anything that anybody says about you to remain in your memory because it will affect you and how you live your life with God. You know, many people get in trouble. Maybe it's not a grudge they're holding, but they see somebody do something wrong. And Galatians 6.1 says, brethren, if any man is overtaken in a trespass, and that's what we've been talking about, trespasses, right? Unforgiveness, trespasses. You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. I want you to notice that Paul didn't say that if you see somebody doing something wrong, uh, you who are spiritual, get on the telephone and tell everybody about how bad they are. You got to forgive them. I didn't say it'd be easy, but you forgive them and pray for them. That's what Paul said. He said, don't talk about them. See, when you start talking about somebody, that shows that you're against them. When I find that hard to forgive and to get, I just remember Jesus stretched out on a cross, suspended between heaven and earth. That cross and those three nails that were in his hands and feet became a bridge whereby man could come and cross from the degradation of sin, sickness, and disease to the heavenly of heavens. And you know, when I began to think about what they said to Jesus and what they did to Jesus. I began, I said, well, man, they hadn't, they hadn't crucified me yet. Nobody's put a crown of thorns on my head yet. Nobody's driven nails in my hands and my feet. Nobody's beaten my back. Nobody's put me to death. All I'm having to endure is a little bit of tongue lashing. Hello. Now tongue lashing can hurt sometimes that way, but Hey, I always say, Holy spirit, Help me to forgive. Help me to forgive them and walk on. Look at John 14, 16 in the Amplified as we wrap this up. And I will ask the Father, he will give you another comforter. The Greek word there is paraclete, which means comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, that he may remain for you forever. The Holy Spirit is your helper. If you choose to forgive and get and keep a good report coming out of your mouth, the Holy Spirit will help you. But until you choose to forgive, until you choose to say what's right, he can't help you. Oh, he wants to. He wants to place his hand on your shoulder and put the other hand over your mouth and say, don't say that. He wants to put the other hand on top of your head and say, don't think those thoughts. Hello. You know, it's your choice. It's your choice to forgive and forget. We, God made us people with a free choice. We can choose to live in line with God's word or we can choose to go our own way. As far as I, me and my house, we choose to follow God. How about you? I choose to speak words of faith. I choose to forgive. I choose to forget. 
I choose to not think bad things about people. I choose not to talk wrongly about those that have wronged me. I forgive them. They have to deal with what they have to deal with. But I choose to forgive. I choose to talk about the good things of God. I choose to forgive and speak words of faith. It's up to you. You have the choice. You can forgive and live a good life with God or you can harbor grudges and unforgiveness in your heart and the good things of God don't belong to you because your faith will not work until you learn unforgiveness and unforgiveness comes with love. Heavenly Father, I've spoken to these people for a few moments today to inspire their hearts, to get them to realize how destructive it is to hold grudges and harbor bad things in their hearts against somebody else. Father, may they, may they choose to forgive and forget in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed. If you are here in this place right now, I don't want anybody looking around. Nobody, not even ushers, nobody. Nobody moving unless you absolutely, absolutely, absolutely have to. It's on. And you say, Pastor, your words have hit home to me today. And I want to go on record by, to God with an upraised hand of saying, I choose to forget that. I choose to let it go right now. Let me see your hand all over the back. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. You're making a commitment right now to choose to forget it and go on with God. You choose to forget it and forgive them. What they do, that's up to them. Father, I thank you for these honest hands. I thank you right now that you'd minister to each one of their hearts in Jesus' name. Give them the strength to forgive and forget in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you happen to be in this place today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he's forgiven you. All you have to do is come to him and say, I accept him. Are you here and you know what it is to serve God, but you know you're just not where you need to be with God and you need to rededicate your life to God. Or you're here like a lot of people that I come in contact with. You go to church, but you don't know whether you've ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior or not. Anybody on any one of those three invitations, I want to see your hand right now. Ushers, help me there. See if anybody has raised their hand. Anybody. I see a hand over here. I can see that one. Anybody else? want to raise your hand and say, I need to rededicate my life. I need no so experience with God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's another hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I, need, I have another invitation. We believe in what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2. I'm not talking about church, creed, or doctrine. I'm talking about what the Bible says. And they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak with tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance. And you say, I know I'm born to the Spirit, but I've never been filled with the Spirit. And I'd like to be filled with the Spirit this morning. Let me see your hand. Anybody in the room? Anybody anywhere? Everybody stand, please. There's a hand over here. Thank you. Yes, everybody stand. Listen, if you raised your hand, should have raised your hand, wanted to raise your hand. I'm going to walk right down to the front there. I'm going on, I'm on to shake your hand and I want to pray with you just like I said I would. So come on. If you raised your hand, should have raised your hand, wanted to raise your hand, come on. Come on right now. Come on right now. God bless you right there. Just stand right there. 
Hallelujah. Come on. I saw hands over on this side. Come on. Some hands here. Come on. If you don't want to walk by yourself, ask somebody. They'll walk down here with you. Come on. There's some hands I saw over here. Come on. Don't stand. Don't stay there. Come on. Here comes some more over here. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Uh, thank you, Ebenezer, for bringing her down. Praise the Lord. Just stand right here. We're going to wait for some more. There's more hands. There was more hands raised. I'm going to wait. Come on. Yes, come on, right now. There we go. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm waiting. There's more hands raised. I'm waiting for you to come. Don't let this opportunity go by to change your life forever. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. God bless you. Bless you. Thanks for bringing Hallelujah. Anybody else want to come? Come on now. I'm waiting. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Guys, look at me. I got three little books. New birth. In him tells you what you're getting in Christ and and why tongues, why you speak in tongues. If I hold them out here like this, set them on giving to me, how you got it? What you got to do to get them? Somebody show me what you got to do to get them. That's right. You got them. They're yours. Hey, the rest of you going to get those same books in just a minute. (laughs) That's just a little exercise I do. I can give you a book, but I can't give you the spiritual thing that you would come to receive. It comes from heaven on high. I want you to raise one hand toward heaven. I don't care which one, just as she reached out for those books. And I want you to, I, I, say, with that hand, you're saying, okay, God, I'm reaching up to get what I came down here for. Congregation, reach your hands out for them as I pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each of these that come today. I thank you that every need in their life will be met today spiritually. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Put your hands down and look at me for just a moment, please. I want to ask you to go to a special place of prayer where you can be dealt with individually and in depth, given those books and a letter from me. That place we call it the prayer room this morning. But every Sunday morning at nine o'clock, it becomes a classroom called Turning Point. And you say, what in the world is Turning Point? It's just a few classes you go to to get your life turned on to God or back on to God. And I'd like to see you in that class next Sunday morning. They'll tell you more about it. Would you turn to see Brother Greg there? He's in charge of the prayer room. Would you just go there right now? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Give them a hand as they go. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Tonight, 6 o'clock right here. Come believe and come expecting. Hey, connection team, go find our first-time guests. Take them to that connection room where they can get a special gift we got for them. Staff, you want to go to the door so we can be there to shake hands. If you need to see where we're going, my Lynette and I are going to west. Bill's going east. Craig's going north. Tadna is going sign man of south connection centers marvin and leah all right uh that's where everybody's going if you want to shake hands with any of that any of those that's where we'll be you know you know we got four entrances here so we try to rotate around so we shake all of your hands praise the lord if you're a first time guest thank you for coming to be with us today if you're looking for a church home why do we say again church god bless you hey right here at six o'clock tonight 
7 o'clock for Hour of Power on Wednesday night from 7 to 8. Come believing, come expecting. They're going to sing a chorus and then they're going to dismiss you. See you tonight at 6. God bless. Don't forget all the announcements. Our God is greater and our God is stronger. And God, you are high.